Welcome to the Women Up Podcast, where we inspire women to find their voice and stand out. My name is Natasha, and I'm your host. Today, we have Tracy H. Chapman, a best-selling author, resilience, and high-performance coach. And she helps women executives after over 40 rebuild their life after uh, with power and purpose after devastating loss. Thrive After Grief, that's the title of the show today. Tracy, welcome to Woman Up, and thank you for coming uh, to the show today. Thank you, Natasha, and thank you for asking me. I do love this topic, Thrive After Grief. For people who do not know you, can you please introduce yourself? Right, my name's Tracy Chapman, and I live in Perth, Western Australia. So I am not, have been on a journey uh, for now, I suppose, 2017, I used to be in the corporate world working very high up and then in one moment in time, one day, I just got this phone call when I was working from home and um, that phone call was to let me know my youngest son had gone missing and through that, the outcome of that, unfortunately, was that he was found deceased. So that for a mother was a, a real shock. Um, I really went through so much grief trauma, hit rock bottom, um, and it wasn't until I really acknowledged that I was really, really struggling with the whole scenario that I went on a journey to turn myself around and just find what life is like on the other side of grief. So what, that's why I now have a program helping other people who have gone through a significant trauma to find who they are on the other side of grief, and that's why I call it thrive after grief because you really can thrive and when you've lost someone who is so significant to you you learn to walk again holding their memory you never forget them but you learn to move forward while honoring them and still loving them and carrying them with you because you never get over such a such a trauma and such a loss i really commend you for for that um for overcoming that uh that uh, moment of your life, how were you able to accept and overcome overcome that challenge and that situation? It, it was huge because I really had to sit down and look at, well, I'm one of these people, I've always been a resilient person and I always thought I can get through this on my own. And um, someone told me to go and see a therapist, which I did, but that didn't help me because all they wanted to do was keep me within that story of that day, that moment, and that real grief. And that was sent me backwards. And I thought, no, that's not working. So then what I did, it was when I was looking at myself in a mirror one day, and I, I just thought, who is this person looking back at me? She looks so sad. And there was no light and no happiness in my eyes. And that was that moment that I realised I wasn't doing okay. So I went on a journey and I thought, right, I've got to do this. I've got to find who can help me move forward and who can help me out of being so low in my life and putting on a pretense that I was okay. So I studied mm -hmm. under some of the biggest gurus like Brendan Bouchard. I'm now a certified high-performance coach because I've been working with his very elite coaches and I've also been trained with him to be a certified high performance coach and that his program really helped me in so many ways so many ways 
And then I've worked with Tony Robbins and I've worked with Jim Fortin and, and a number of other, uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith. So it's been a real journey and what I've done is I've put all my bits and pieces of my learnings that have helped me advance forward and I've put it all into my own program now that I've called Thrive After Grief, help at, helping other people find themselves again because life is to be lived. We have one life. Um, we may have lost our loved one, but we're still living. So it's to live that life with joy and happiness and make them proud that we're doing that because that's what they would want for us. Wow. How do you define resilience? Resilience, to me, there's so many ways that you can look at resilience. Resilience is, for me, when we can look at where we're at and own where we're at and go, well, okay, I need to do something about this. And it's really digging into what our stories are because our life is all the chapters of stories. And it's allowing ourselves to overcome those stories. And that's where I say having that resilience to face things head on. Know that it's not going to be easy. Know that it's going to be painful, but really digging into that and accepting because that's what I had to do. I had to accept that I could not do anything about the loss of my son because he was gone. Could you can, I couldn't bring him back. But I'm still on this planet living. So that's where I dug into, well, okay, who is Tracy being and really digging into my strengths and everything I could do to heal myself to move forward. Because it's only me that can actually do that. You have people around you, but it comes down to you, yourself, to be able to get yourself forward. You can have the guidance and the help and all the rest of it, but if you're not willing to go into that depth of your pain and acceptance as well and really dig deep to be able to move forward, you don't move forward because you keep going back to that story and staying trapped in it. Mm -hmm. In your coaching practice, what are some common challenges or barriers that women often face in building resilience and also achieving high performance? Um, the challenges they face is a little bit like um, pe that people staying, well, the challenge is people face is that they're always living from the have, do, be, um, and they're always seeking and trying to have what they really want. And they're always living in those stories of their past and they keep delving back into what those stories are instead of going, well, okay, these things have happened to me. They, they were yesterday. What I've got today, you can't. You really don't know what that future is going to be. You can plan for your future, but you really don't know what that's going to be. So it's really going, well, okay, I have this moment in time and I have this day. So what is this day going to be? And getting them to go, well, okay, I'm looking within this moment in time and making this my best moment, accepting those stories behind you, learning from them, finding what it is teaching you and carrying that forward because you can't change that. You can only sit and look at this blank page of this new chapter that you have for today and make this day your best day. So that's 
where I get the people in my program, well, okay, accepting all what was yesterday, what is today going to be, and really empowering them to live from the being, not from the having. Because when you be something, you love yourself completely and you be that person that you're wanting, that's when everything starts changing. I so can relate with that with that because I had one coach who who taught me about the be do have who do you need to be in order to do the stuff for you to get what you need what to get what you need what you want to have it's so powerful what you just said and you also mentioned about less the lessons learned can you um can you elaborate or uh add some to the concept of bouncing forward in the context of resilience? Well, bouncing forward is because so many, too many people are uh, living in the yesterday. Right. What resilience is all about, it's it's bouncing forward. Well, okay, uh, this well, my my circumstances, well, okay, I lost my son and it was to suicide. And that, to me, was a horrific thing to experience as a mother, that someone could contemplate taking their own life. It wasn't mental health or any of those without going into that scenario. I could have stayed trapped in that story of why, why did I not know, why did I not do something, you know, all those big, big whys. And then people say to you, things happen to you for a reason. I I really, really did not like that phrase, especially with what I went through. But it was not things happen to you for a reason. It is your journey on this planet that you have to go through and you've got this winding road that's full of twists and turns and potholes and all the rest of it. But when you, if you hit a pothole like I did, I struggled to climb out of that pothole, but what I had to keep doing was going, well, okay, how can I make this? What is Tracy learning from this? Really delving right into who I was to be able to bounce forward because I wanted to be that person that could get out of that pothole and keep moving forward because I couldn't change anything that actually happened. That was only keeping me so trapped in my my grief and my complete and utter heartache. So to me, it's bouncing forward. You, you learn from it, look at it, accept what you have, look at what all those lessons are and go, well, okay, I can change this, but I've got to bring my best self to what my day is going to be. Because I was always living from the having before this really happened to me. It was Everything in my life was about my boys because I had boys very young. Everything I did was for them, corporate world, my income, all, all that I strive for was for my two boys. But when you look externally, that can get ripped from you in just one moment, which happened to me, and I was left, what is my life now? Because I was looking for everything externally to fill my inner cup. So then I really learned that I had to come back into myself and fill my own inner cup up. And then my real outer world started changing because I healed my inner world and I was able to bounce forward, not keeping bouncing back. 
And what made you, what made you uh, think, or when did you decide, what was the moment or the catalyst that made you think, that made you want to help other people? Uh, at the beginning, I was just too straught with what I was going through. But as I've sort of gone through the transition and, the, and then the real healing and then the real thriving again, I didn't want to go back to my corporate world. And in my corporate world, I was very high up and I managed the company and I managed teams and staff. And I loved, in my corporate world, transforming the teams and getting people to really believe in themselves to bring the best out because when you bring the best out in them, your company thrives. And so I don't want to go into that corporate world, but I love helping people. I've always loved helping people. I lo I've got that real input and I thought, it, I don't like seeing people that are in pain. So if I can help someone who was two steps behind me where they're just completely lost in life, then I feel that's my duty to, to do that. Um, because I know the steps where they're at now and I know how I can get them to the steps moving forward for them to live that happy life because I think we're all on this planet for a reason and getting them to find what that reason is so that they really thrive, you know, moving forward and they can look back and go, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I got myself out of my hole. I'm so glad I transformed myself not look back and go, Jesus, I wasted my life. Tell me, what advice do you have for women who are juggling multiple roles and struggling to prioritize self-care? I know that's a it's huge only, one, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is a huge one because, you know, as you know, a single mom, I had two children, I walked the, worked the corporate world, world which is a very... Um, pressurized job, you know, working until two o'clock in the morning and doing all that sort of stuff. But you've got to come back to your own self-care as well because if you, you're not going to fill your own cup up, you're going to be too empty for your family, your children and everything else. So it's putting in your week and your day. It could be just five minutes or ten minutes where you do something for yourself that's just for you. And it might be just going outside and pottering in the garden or going for a quick walk around the block or doing some exercise or doing something that you love doing that is specifically for yourself. Because when you do that, you feel so more connected and calm and happier than when you just give, 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 because then you're going, oh, I'm just always giving to everyone else and no one appreciates me, no one accepts me. You're not accepting yourself. So how can you expect anyone else to accept you? So it comes from you. You've got to fill your own cup up and you've got so much more to give to everybody else. And it may be that you're really, really busy, but if you don't put yourself in there five, ten minutes a day, then you're going to go, you're only going to become sick. You're only going to put a lot of pressure on relationships. You're going to put pressure on your relationships with your children, with your husband, because you're going to be exhausted. And you're only going to be seeing the negative in what life is. But when you come from a very calm and centred uh, place, then you reflect that to your outer world. Because I always say it, it's like it's a, a Wayne Dyer saying, if you squeeze an orange, what are you going to get from it? Um, it should be orange juice. If, if you squeeze an orange and all you have coming out is anger and 
you know, jealousy or whatever it may be, because that's what you've got inside of you. So that's where you need to start. You've got to look within and go, I am important mm-hmm. and knowing that you're important because it's you that needs to look after yourself and then everything else, you know, gels in with that. I'm loving that. Before I jump into the next question for you, Tracy, I know you just released a book. Uh, my mess is my message. Talk to us I, about that. Yes, I did. So I've done two books, actually. Two weeks ago, I released my first book, which was A Resilient Life. And that was all about resilience and how I've managed to get myself from my whole life of being a resilient person um, and getting through that and then my second book is my mess is my message um and it's a collaborative book of 22 beautiful women all sharing their stories of how their mess has been their message and how they've managed to overcome their mess so it's my way of sharing how I was able to overcome my mess of what I went through in losing um, and how I got through that and just, you know, the steps at the end, what you can actually do, that is what I actually teach in my cro- program, Thrive After Grief, things that you can do to help yourself as well. So very proud to actually be part of that book and be, to be asked to be part of that book. Congratulations on that release. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um. Here's what I wanted to know. Is there a bridge or is there a gap or is there a bridge between resilience and high performance? What is that? What is that 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 happens between before we get to resilient? Well, after we get to the resilience part and then we because we can't I don't think we can go from resilience to straightforward straight to high performance. What is that gap between or what is that bridge should I say? They're actually two very, very different. I see them as being very, very different anyway. So high performance is, uh, and not everyone is a high performer. So you look at all the athletes and, you know, all the top billionaires in in the world, they're high performers. They don't let what happens to them hold them back or destroy what they're wanting to do and destroy their dreams. They will use those challenges in their life to learn from them and then to keep moving forward because you learn something within each of those um, challenges. Like athletes, they know what they need to do to be that high performer, so they plan their day around it. But when something may happen and they may get injured, just using an athlete as an example, or they may have not made the Olympics this time. Of, well, okay, I didn't quite looking back on it and re- really looking at why they didn't get in. Well, okay, I need to improve this, and that's where the resilience come in. It comes in underneath to not give up and not say, "Oh, I didn't get in. I wasn't good enough." They're a high performer. They'll keep trying. Doesn't matter what it is. They'll have moments in time where they go, "Oh gosh, is this worth it?" Because we all do that. That's natural. But that resilience in underneath and goes, well, no, I can do this. Let's do this. Tomorrow's a new day. And then they tackle it again, the new day. And high performance, that as well. Mm -hmm. So for women looking to enhance their performance, are there any key principles or strategies that you you find that are most beneficial? 
It, it, yeah, so I always look at it that there's key things in being a high performer. It's it's your energy. It's that energy that you bring to your life every day. So looking after your well-being and looking after that energy every day, and it's also having that real clarity as well. So you have clarity around what you're actually doing, really sitting down and looking exactly what you actually want. Without that clarity, you've got a murky you know, river in front of you and how can you advance and be a high performer if you don't know where you're actually going. And it's having the influence too. Without influence, you're not going to be able to influence anyone around you. You're not going to influence your children, your partners, you know, your colleagues, the, your friends. And it's having that empathy too, that real empathy for other people. Not everyone has empathy. And it's not all about yourself. It is about the person who is in front of you. So being very caring for other people um, and bringing the best of who you are to the world and living from that being, not from that having. So when you know and who you want to be, you want to be this high performer, you know what your values are because your values are very key as well. If you don't know what your values are, then you're not going to be living an empowered life I'm loving that what you're saying. So this brings me to that 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 has made me thinking about growth mindset. Where 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 is the growth mindset in that process, and if there's any stages? Um, everyone does talk about the growth mindset, and I I don't sort of yes, our mindset is very very important to us, but I never look at things from the growth mindset. I always look at it. The way we look at life is, and I, again, I'm repeating, it's it's that way of being. Um, and that mindset, we can all have, well, I suppose it, it does come down to your mindset and everyone says you can have a positive or a negative mindset and your mindset is very, very important. Um and everyone always is saying, oh, the growth mindset to me is just a little bit of a cliche thing that everyone's um, talking about. But I always come back to the centre point of who that person is within um, and really nutting down on who that person is. Are you if, – if you, if you, as a person and you wanted to be a friend with yourself, would you like that person? Well, no, I don't. Well, okay, why do you not like that person? Okay, because I do this, this, and this. But then we've got to go, well, okay, can I improve on these areas and still bring the best of myself to this world? It comes back to that real internal who you're actually, who, who you're being. Mm -hmm. And while this, this is a very personal journey, what impact does a supportive community have on this journey to resilience and high performance? Is there any value? Is yeah, community really is important. Um, and but it's having that right community around you as well. like you you have your blood family. Maybe you don't get on with your blood family. Family is the people that you connect with, the people that light you up and you light them up. They're the people that really have got your back if um, you're going through something, they'll drop what they're doing and they'll come and help you. You know, they're the people that inspire you. And I thought, though, your mentors as well, 
Um, it's the people that you want to align yourself with. Um, that community is so, so important, that support um, community. And I suppose it's like a flock of birds. They all stay together and support one another and they fly together. You see them flying with one at the front and they change that leader. So you've got to have your flock to carry you through your life with because it would be very sad to be lonely and just yourself um, going through this life on this planet. So you need that community of people that you really connect with um, and you both light one another up and you both have respect for one another and you both appreciate your differences and you can allow one another to grow without trying to change that person either. Can you share a success story of a woman who, who has transformed her life in your coaching Sorry. practice? Uh, someone in my ear. I had a, a lady I was working with and um, she was really struggling because she was on her own with her daughter and she was really struggling trying to build her, her business um, and she just didn't have the confidence in herself as well because she was just thinking, oh, I'm not worthy of mm. doing what I'm doing. So I worked with her to get her to come back in and look at all her beautiful qualities because she was such an amazing person. She was such a, a giver, but she wasn't seeing any of that herself. She was only seeing, oh, I'm struggling, the money's not coming in, how am I going to manage and she really, really was getting herself into a bad place. So I brought herself back around to look at all her beautiful qualities and who she was and how she was such a giver and how she was doing such an amazing job on her own, bringing her daughter up and working. And then she she then turned around and she really started thriving. She said, you know, I am actually doing a good job because she couldn't see that. She could only see you know, all the struggles that she was actually going through. Mm -hmm. I'm loving that. So how is it important for for people to celebrate their achievements and the impact that it has on their overall, overall well-being and even their mindset? Because we, we tend to move forward. We tend to move forward really quickly or to even... Um, just we we tend to move on quickly to other stuff and not appreciate what we what we just overcame that's right and most people who do that you know and that was this lady i was talking about she wasn't looking at any of her little achievements and that's where she was getting so flustered and down and really really struggling because what i get my clients to do and i do it personally myself Every night before I go to sleep, when I put my head on my pillow, I always go, what are three things that I've done well today? And it might just be, gee, I made a really good dinner tonight. Or I, you know, I gave, went out and I gave my husband a really big hug because he was having a few little issues with, you know, work. And it might be, well, okay, I gave someone a call today and it was right at that moment that person needed to be speaking to someone. 
they're little achievements. It's just these little achievements that we do every day that we should be grateful for because then we keep our cup full of appreciating life and appreciating who we are. Because if we don't fill our cup up and we don't see those little things, it's not the big picture of the achievements. It's all these little things that we do every day that mount up. And it can be just cooking a really good dinner that night. <laughs> How do you address the fear of failure then? And what advice do you have for people who want who are hesitated to take risks? Uh, well, there, well, we all are going to fail at something. That's, that's just yeah. life. It's whether you want to stay stuck in that, that failure. Yeah, because the failure is not a failure unless you make it a failure. It's a bit like a problem is not a problem unless you make it a problem. So if you want to make it a failure, well, yes, it's going to be a failure. But mm -hmm. if you've done something, say an example being, say something has happened at work and it didn't come off how you wanted it to come off, and I would always say to my team um, when I was in the corporate world, okay, this didn't work, why didn't it work? Because we used to raise capital for different companies and if something went wrong, we'd have to sit down and go, okay, we need to address this. So get them all in the boardroom and go, well, let's all look at this. This isn't a failure yet. How can we actually change it? What do we need to do? What um, do we need to do to change it? And then we'd all address it and then go out of the boardroom and come and tackle at it a different different direction because it's it's not a failure unless you make it a failure i so agree with that what are the common limiting beliefs that may be holding people back from reaching their full potential and how do you help them overcome overcome them the common limiting belief i think is, is self-worth People mm. don't believe in themselves. People Huge just one. don't. It is. They don't have that love for who they are. I mean, would you talk to yourself? Would you talk to a friend the way you talk to yourself? Oh, gee, your hair looks awful today. Oh, gee, you're looking fat today. Oh, I really don't like that on there. Oh, you didn't do that very well. I mean, would you talk to a friend like that? So why are we talking to ourselves like that, you know? So that's where it's having that appreciation, coming back into your own heart and your own soul and having that love and accepting yourself fully with no judgment because we're all different, you know. We all have our good parts, our bad parts, but it's bringing the best of ourselves to each day because people just don't have very high self-worth and then they judge everyone else because they're judging themselves so how you're treating yourself is how you're treating everybody else around you so fix yourself on your own self-worth and really learn to love yourself wholly and then you'll see your outer world really changing you know you used to say oh she loves herself you know growing up people say oh she thinks she's better she loves herself and it's like Oh, she's just really proud of who she actually exactly. is. Someone who, yeah, someone who loves themselves really shines. Like you'll see, say, this lady or even a male will walk into a room and they have this persona present because they're so in touch with who they are. And you just look at them and you go, wow. Because <laughs> they're just so confident and comfortable. Definitely. That's a very, that's a journey, though. 
It is yes. a journey. As we are wrapping up, JC, you've been sharing a lot of nuggets and I feel like we could go on for another hour. Um, but I want to end this podcast by asking you, what is your legacy and what do you want to be remembered for? Uh, my legacy is really to live my life fully and to help others live their life fully. So for me, it's to thrive in this life and be you, be your unique self um, and just love openly. Tracy, it's been amazing uh, having you on the podcast and I'm hoping uh, we could get you back eventually on the show. Um, thank you so much for your time. I want to thank my audience for tuning in. And until the next time, Woman Up. Thank you, Natasha. You are listening to the Woman Up podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please hit the follow button, share it on social media so we can send you a shout out. To get information on public speaking coaching with Natasha DG, reach out by email at contact at natashadg.com or by phone. 514-558-5777. Thanks again, and I'll, I'll see you on next one. Until then, woman up.